Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. This season has certainly been a challenge for New South Wales sheep producers. With so much out of our control, it's now time to take some back. With lambing underway across the state, many producers are in uncharted territory. Fat or thin use, whatever you have, the management challenges are real. But if you know what the risks are, they can be minimised and the opportunities can be advantageous in the long run. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Nathan Scott. Nathan has a background in prime lamb, merino wool and beef production and a passion for improving productivity and profitability of livestock enterprises. He works with producers to increase conception rates, improve lamb survival, lift growth rates and hone overall management. Nathan provides advice to individual clients, also works with a large number of producer groups, is a keynote speaker and is involved in various industry projects. He's based in Inverley in Victoria. Welcome, Nathan, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. Thanks for having me. Nathan, fat or skinny ewes, are the risk factors the same for both groups? Uh, Surprisingly, they actually are. So the mechanisms that get us there um, may be different, but the risk factors are are very similar. So and when when we talk about risk factors, we're really looking at things like hypocalcemia, um, also known or often commonly referred to as milk fever, uh, preg toxemia, pregnancy toxemia, also referred to as twin lamb disease, um, dystochia, so difficult births, and then also the, the last one being cast use or use st- stuck on their side who can't get back up again. And what are the contributing factors that lead to hypocalcemia? Um, so there's a calcium deficiency, which is what the hypocalcemia refers to, is a really complex one. So there's a, a whole range of factors that contribute to it. Uh, but certainly in a season like this one, the most common factor for all of those various um, risk factors that we're talking about there is actually condition score. And I suppose the general health of the animal as they're travelling into lambing. And um, and in particular, when in a season like this one, when we've got quite a lot of heavy use, it can be things as simple as sore feet um, from carrying the extra weight that can contribute to that that lack of calcium in the system um, or things like preg tox as well. And there's often a lot of confusion between hypocalcemia and preg tox. What's the difference? So preg tox is actually quite a, a simple explanation. It is just straight out an energy deficiency. Now, sometimes that energy deficiency is driven by us not providing enough nutrition um, in terms of the pasture that's available. But other times it, it can be a bit more complicated and it can be the fact that despite the the uh, pasture that's in front of her, she still can't get enough energy into her system. So the most common causes of, of preg tox will be uh, a lack of intake. So And that can be, again, as simple as sore feet um, and, and therefore the ewe doesn't spend enough time on her feet 
standing and grazing effectively. Uh, but it can also be changes in feed. So if we're coming out of containment feeding, for instance, then there's a dramatic change onto green feed. It can take a while for that ewes rumen to adjust and for her to really be able to pull enough energy out of that diet. Um, and so depending on what sort of position she is in terms of her condition score, that can um, have, have a significant contributing factor to, to her heading into a pregtoxemia sort of state. Um, on the other hand, the, the hypocalcemia is very much about calcium. Um, and it's, it's a very complex one because there is a number of factors that can drive the lack of calcium in the ewe system. And some of those are simple things like um, the age of the ewe, because clearly in an older ewe we have um, more problems with her not having the bone stores of calcium. Um, but then it, it sort of trickles down from there right through into, like I said, the sore feet, um, the type of feed that they're eating, so things that are low in calcium like cereals and, and grass-dominant pastures. But also it's the way we handle the, she the sheep. If we've got sheep in for pre-lambing treatments or we're crutching pre-lambing and they're off feed for an extended period of time, then certainly that introduces a new level of risk. And pretty much any time we put stress on the animal, it can contribute as well. So um, the two are, are different. Um, hypocalcemia and, and pregnancy toxemia are different, but often they actually come in combination as well. So we might start off with hypocalcemia, but it's pregnancy toxemia that gets her um, and, and vice versa. If we've got an interruption to the, her grazing um, methods, either because of sore feet or, or any of the other things we've talked about, then one can follow the other. So they are two separate things, but often working in combination. And if a producer thinks they have one of these disorders, are the symptoms the same and are the treatments the same or different? What do they do? Um, so unfortunately in both, once a U actually shows clinical symptoms, um, it's all about time from that point of view. If it's pregnancy toxemia and she sits down, there's not a, a lot that we can do. We can try and get um, some glucose into it to try and get a, a glucose response or um, but but often if she's been down for a little while, uh, that, that time has already passed and the effectiveness of that will be limited. On the other hand, if it's calcium, if we can get to her quickly and we can get uh, an injectable calcium product into her, uh, that calcium will actually get into her bloodstream quite quickly. And as soon as that hits her brain, she, she basically can respond quite quickly. So you may have to give her another treatment later on, but if it's just a calcium issue, they can respond quite quickly and recover well. So. Uh, the, first, the, the number one thing with, with both of them, though, is to, to respond quickly. So if you leave, the longer you leave it, the, the less chance you've got of getting them up and getting them going. So my first port of call always is to get that calcium, magnesium um, injectable product into them and see what response we can get out of them. How, Nathan, how important is condition score for these risk factors? Well, condition score ultimately tells you what state the animal has been in the lead up to this point in time. And so it does, it is implicated in, in pretty much all of the risks um, that we're talking about in this pre-lambing and lambing period. So if your sheep are lighter in condition score, so we're talking condition score two or less, we know that you do have a higher risk of mortality. Um, some of that is just simply, she doesn't have the body reserves uh, to be able to, to manage herself well and her energy demands well through that, that peak period of around the late pregnancy into early lactation. 
Um, and so she becomes, those light condition school ewes come, become heavily reliant on the nutrition that you can provide. So we can provide that nutrition and certainly um, that will make a difference. But if we're just specifically looking at condition score um, as, a, as a risk factor, lower condition score ewes are at higher risk and need more attention. Similarly, the, at the far end of the spectrum, the high condition score sheep um, also have a higher uh, risk of mortality. And that's linked first and foremost to some of those risk factors around pregnancy, toxemia and hypocalcemia. Higher condition score ewes, we're more likely to have the feed issues um, and can lead to those two. But also it's, it's definitely linked to the risk of dystopia or difficult births. Um, we know that a high condition score ewe is going to have that higher birth weight in lambs. And so that opens her up to risk herself from a ewe mortality point of view. So condition score directly affects the ewe. Does it have the same effect on the lamb? So for example, does condition score affect lamb birth weight? Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's directly correlated to, to lamb birth weight. And so it is a critical factor for us in terms of lamb survival. So our lighter condition score use, those ones that are, that are under condition score three, and particularly if we're back around condition score two, we know that particularly for the twin born lambs, um, there is that uh, an increase in risk of mortality in those lambs because basically if you think about it in terms of uh, the volume of a lamb, the volume compared to its surface area. The best analogy I can give you is if we have a house brick and a piece of paper and we heat them both up in front of the fire and then we take them outside into the cold night air. The piece of paper will cool down straight away simply because it's got a big surface area and not enough volume, whereas the house brick will retain its heat for longer. And so basically when we start talking about this influence of birth weight in the lambs, our lighter birth weights in lambs are more like the piece of paper. They've got this big surface area, but not enough volume. And so on, with cold weather, uh, it's much more difficult for them to keep the, the core temperature around their vital organs. Um, and so they're at a, a greater risk. And we know that there's a correlation between low condition score and those lower birth weights. Similarly, at the far end of the spectrum, high condition score will lead to those high birth weights. Um, and that does introduce that risk of of dystopia, particularly in single born lambs. So much lower risk in twins, but certainly a risk in, in those single born lambs. So maternally low condition score and high condition score use are clearly our at-risk groups. If we've got animals like that at the moment, which is across the state, how is it too late to negate the effects of low or high condition score? Um, so if we start with the low condition score end of the spectrum, um, no, it just means that you need more, it's not too late, you just need to put a lot of emphasis on getting that nutrition absolutely right for them. Um, so we can feed, uh, provide the feed in a, in a mechanism that allows them to try and compensate for that because a lot of our lamb birth weight uh, does, or a lot of that late growth in late gestation does occur in the last 30 days of pregnancy. So we can do two functions in the in the one um, opportunity here, which is to look after that ewe so that she gets through lambing well but and, and approaches lambing well by giving her the right nutrition. But it will also help that, that birth weight in her lambs by providing better nutrition in late pregnancy. Um, similarly, if we go to the, the fat ewes, um, the challenge with fat ewes is we can't take condition score off them 
we can limit some of their their nutrition in late pregnancy. So while I'm still um, always a bit hesitant to try and limit it too much because we don't want to put a you under pressure when she's particularly twin bearing you in late pregnancy, but certainly we can manage her nutrition. So it's rather than look at it as restricting um, the nutrition too much, it is about managing it and making sure that that whether we've got single uh, skinny ewes or fat ewes, that we are managing the nutrition to make sure that each class of animal is getting the right nutrition for what they need. So certainly there is plenty we can still do. Um, it's a bit harder if we've already got ewes that are in the really high condition score range because the chances of foot abscess and everything will still be there. We can't physically take enough condition score off them uh, at this late stage. But there's a whole lot of other benefits that come with, with higher condition score. So all is not lost. We, we pick up a bit more in birth weight in those, which helps our twins. Um, it also means coming out of the season, we've got a bit more to look forward to as we approach joining next year as well. So you've touched on two variables there that producers can control during the lambing season and before it leading up to it. So condition score and late pregnancy nutrition. What other variable is there that producers can control to succeed this lambing season? Righto, so then the other, the other component to think about is genetics. So one thing that I really encourage everyone to do is to know what genetics they're actually dealing with in the first place. So if we have got high condition score use and we've got um, what we'll call excess nutrition in late pregnancy, if we put them in combination with high birth weight genetics, then we can almost guarantee that you're going to run into dystochia problems. Uh, so it's about knowing what you're actually dealing with. On the, the flip side, if we've got good high condition score use on adequate nutrition but not excess and we've got moderate birth weights, then I'm not too concerned. Um, it, it's, it's about knowing what we're actually dealing with. And for those with the use at the lower end of the condition score spectrum, particularly if you are having to throw a fair bit of nutrition at them to help them get through lambing, uh, you really do need to know what the genetics are that they're joined to. If you've got, say, light merino ewes who single bearing merino ewes who are joined to a terminal sire um, if we're trying to throw a fair bit of nutrition at them in late pregnancy to get them through that lambing period uh, there is a risk if we've got high birth weight genetics in there from the the terminal sire that we're going to run into dystochia problems as well so it's it's really about knowing what your risks are by understanding what genetics there are there so which rams have you used do we have the asbvs on them that we can look at and look at birth weight um, and then you can really tailor your nutrition to make sure that you don't increase your risks unnecessarily um, by, no, by actually understanding what we're dealing with. Nathan, there's increasing talk on social media at the moment around the prevalence of sore feet in pregnant news. What's contributed to this this year? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the weight of the ewes. So if we look at what a ewe would normally um, be carrying in terms of the load on her feet, uh, she, if, if we use the example of, say, a 70 kilogram standard reference weight crossbred ewe, so she's a big ewe anyway, but we'll use her as the example, um, she would normally be carrying around 17 and a half kilos on each foot. But as soon as we start adding another condition score, because your standard reference weight is your bear shorn condition score three weight. So if we add another condition score to her, so now she's in condition score four, that'll add around about 13 kilos to her. We then add a set of twins on board. That's at least another eight kilos of lamb in total, two four kilo lambs, but, but could be as much as 10 or 12 kilos. 
Um, and then we add some placenta and, and udder development as well, which equates to another kilo of placenta and, and a couple of kilos of udder development. And all of a sudden that ewe is now standing in front of you at 94 kilos. So that's a, a significant jump in weight. She's now carrying 23 kilos on each of her feet, which is a 30% increase. So it's, it's no real great surprise to us that we start to see some feet issues. And the, the main foot issue that we'll see this year, and we're already starting to see it pop up, there's some talk right now on Twitter about it, um, is foot abscess. And it's, it's simply a product of the fact that we're carrying so much load, we've got them in quite wet conditions, um, so the feet are staying wet, and that opens us up to chances, a higher chance of foot abscess. Nathan, if producers feel they have a problem with their sheep's feet, who do you recommend they contact for help? Um, so first and foremost, it is important that they find out what the problem is with their feet. Um, so it is really important that they contact someone. So whether that's their local LLS vet or a, a private vet, um, get someone in to actually give you a true diagnosis because the only way you can really deal with a, a foot issue is to know what it is. If it's foot abscess, um, we are a bit limited in what we can actually do in terms of effective treatment because some of it is the fact that the abscess needs to break out and heal itself. Um, certainly some foot bathing can potentially help um, zinc sulfate foot bathing and, and antibiotics can contribute, but it, that all depends on how far through the different stages the infection is. Um, but you also want to just make sure that it's not something more sinister. And so I would really encourage people to, to get an absolute diagnosis of what the issue is in their feet. There will be more feet issues across the country this year than probably we've seen for a number of years, just simply because of the extra condition score and the higher scanning percentages. Um, there's going to be some sore feet around the, the country. Nathan, just to finish off, the main nutrient you continue to refer to is calcium. Why is calcium so important? Uh, calcium is vital in the, the whole process of uh, the ewe preparing for her own lactation. Um, and it's also vital for the survival of lambs as well. So we know there's implications in terms of the lamb's immunity early on. Um, and even the, it even shows up in some of their growth rate up to sort of four weeks of age. Um, so calcium is really important. And what we know too is that around 20% of our ewes are deficient even under ideal conditions. So they may not be um, deficient enough to show clinical signs and actually go down with hypocalcemia, but there is uh, a level of deficiency there. And so that means that we've got sheep that are, that are traveling on a bit of a knife edge at times. And so when we, if there is any other interruption um, or any other factors that come into play, like grazing a, a deficient um, feed source like a cereal crop or whether we hold them off feed for a while because we're trying to get them through for crutching, um, any of those sorts of things, there is a group of animals there that are quite vulnerable. And any of those um, interruptions to their supply of calcium can really um, quite easily tip them over the edge and, and then we find ourselves with a problem. So there's a few simple things that people can do. Um, and when I say simple, there's simple things you can do, but it's an incredibly complex um, component of your, of your sheep production system trying to manage calcium. The, the key things these days, and this is something that has changed in terms of my recommendations over the last 10 years, I used to be very strongly of the belief that we would look after the ewe to replenish her calcium after her lactation um, and then leave her to her own devices through lambing. But what we're finding is that 
there is this component of ewes that are constantly at risk. And so these days we're much more inclined to recommend that, that people provide supplement um, on the all the way through. So in the lead up to lambing and actually leaving it in all the way through, which is different to what I would have previously been recommending. So we're just using something really simple. It's just equal parts of salt, lime and cause mag. The salt provides the sodium and it's a great attractant because sheep like to eat it. The lime provides the calcium and the cause mag provides the magnesium. So equal parts of those is what we're targeting. Sometimes you like to start with a bit more salt in the mix so that you can get the, the animals eating it. Um, and then we tend to try and increase the lime component uh, over time so that we, we make sure that that's the, the main ingredient that they're eating the most of. So prevention is better than the cure is the take home message from you, Nathan, there. Absolutely so Nathan, it is because uh, once, oh, sorry, once we've, once we've got a problem, it's often very difficult to deal with. Um, so I would say though, on just on that as well, in terms of the treatment, having the injectable products on hand so that you can treat animals quickly is something that, that everyone, I recommend to everyone for every lambing, but particularly in a year like this one where we know that there is a few more risk factors around. On the back of this challenging season that you've just mentioned there, all is not lost, hopefully. So what are some of the positives producers can take away this lambing season if they've got animals that are too thin or too fat? Um, so definitely all is not lost. Um, one of the, the key things that we know is that condition score has a significant impact on joining percentage or conception rate. And so as we sit here today, we can start planning for next year. And part of that is about so if you've got high condition score used right now, I would say you've got a fantastic opportunity in front of you that can set you up for the next 10 years of your sheep production system. And that is to make sure that we're only ever maintenance feeding from this point forwards to, to look after our ewes, apart from increasing nutrition around the point of joining to make sure that they can't possibly be going backwards. But we can, if we've already got sheep in a high condition score right now, we're set up for the next 10 years to keep them in that ideal range. So somewhere in that sort of three to 3.5, even up to 3.7 if if the season allows us, um, is a fantastic spot to have your use to be able to get perfect performance out of them. It's, it's the chance where they're set up, they're fit and they're healthy. So it's that zone where we're fit, not fat, which is what we're targeting. On the flip side of that, if you're sitting here today and you've got low condition score use, then you know you've got some work to do because if we don't get the condition score back onto them, then it will affect us next year. And we don't like to turn one bad year into two. So part of that is knowing that in a year like this, if we've got low condition score use, our aim will be to try and make sure we wean lambs as early as we can to, um, to keep the lambs charging along, but also to give those ewes plenty of time to recover. We wanna give them a lot of spring um, and a chance to put a lot of that condition score back on that we need so that we can have them in very good condition, ready for joining next year and end up with a great conception result. I suppose the other the other little one just to think about is sheep that are travelling really well this year and who have good condition scores, good nutrition in front of them, we have this greater opportunity also for follicle recruitment, which is basically the development or the maturing of the eggs that will be released in our joining next year. So it's not just, everything that we're doing right now is not just about this year. A lot of it has the flow on effects into next year as well. So 
we can, with a bit of management, a bit of tweaking and making sure we don't miss the opportunities, we can set ourselves up for some really good results next year as well. Excellent. Thanks for the information you have shared with our listeners and for joining me on It's Time For You. No worries. Thanks for having me. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.